0: CHAPTER ONE OF THE GOLD SICKLE This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. THE GOLD SICKLE by Eugene Sue, Translated by Daniel DeLeon CHAPTER ONE THE GUEST He who writes this account is called Joel, the Bren, which is Gallic word for chief, of the tribe of Karnak, he is the son of Marek, who was the son of Ciro, the son of Tyrus, the son of Gomer, the son of Vor, the son of Glennon, the son of Era, the son of Roderick, chosen chief of the Gallic army that now 277 years ago levied tribute upon Rome. Joel, why should I not say so, feared the gods. He was of a right heart, a steady courage, and a cheerful mind. He loved to laugh, to tell stories, and above all, to hear them told like the genuine Gaul that he was. At the time when Caesar invaded Gaul, may his name be accursed, Joel lived two leagues from Ulre, not far from the sea and the Isle of Roswallon, near the edge of the forest of Carnac, the most celebrated forest of Breton Gaul one evening towards nightfall the evening before the anniversary of the day when hena his daughter his well-beloved daughter was born unto him it is now eighteen years ago joel and his eldest son Gilhern were returning home in a chariot drawn by four of those fine little Briton oxen whose horns are smaller than their ears joel and his son had been laying marl on their lands as is usually done in the autumn so that the lands may be in good condition for seed time in the spring the chariot was slowly climbing up the hill of craig at a place where the mountainous road is narrowed between two rocks and from where the sea is seen at a distance and still farther away the isle of sen the mysterious and sacred isle father gilhern said to joel look down there below on the flank of the hill there is a rider coming this way despite the steepness of the descent he has put his horse to a gallop as sure as the good elder invented the plough that man will break his neck where can he be riding to in such a hurry the sun is going down the wind blows high and threatens a storm and that road that leads to the desert strand son that man is not a Breton Gaul. he wears a furred cap and a shaggy coat and his tanned skin hose are fastened with red bands a short axe hangs at his right and he has a long knife in a sheath at his left his large black horse does not seem to stumble in the descent where can he be going in such a hurry father that man must have lost his way oh my son may Teutates hear you we shall tender our hospitality to the rider his dress tells he is a stranger what beautiful stories will he not be able to tell us of his country and his travels may the divine agme whose words bind men in golden chains be propitious to us father it is long since any strange story-teller has sat at our hearth besides we have had no news of what is going on elsewhere in gaul unfortunately so oh my son if i were all-powerful as hesus i would have a new story-teller every evening at supper i would send men travelling everywhere and have them return and tell their adventures and if I had the power of Jesus, what wonderful adventures would I not provide for my travelers so as to increase the interest in their stories on their return? Father, the rider is coming close to us. Yes, he reins in because the road here is narrow, and we bar his passage with our chariot. Come, Gilhern, the moment is favorable. The passenger must have lost his way. Let us offer him hospitality for tonight." we shall then keep him tomorrow and perhaps several other days we shall have done him a good turn and he will give us the news from gaul and of the other countries that he has visited besides it will be a great joy to my sister hina who is to come home tomorrow for the feast of her birthday oh gilherne i never thought of the pleasure that my beloved daughter will have listening to the stranger he must be our guest that he shall be father indeed he shall answered Gilhern resolutely. Joel and his son alighted from the chariot and advanced toward the rider. Once close to him, both were struck with the majesty of the stranger's looks, nothing haughtier than his eyes, more masculine than his face, more worthy than his bearing. On his forehead and on one cheek were visible the traces of two wounds, only freshly healed. To judge by his dauntless appearance, the rider must have been one of those chiefs the tribes elect from time to time to lead them in battle joel and his son were all the more anxious to have him accept their hospitality friend traveler said joel night is upon us you have lost your way the road you're on leads nowhere but to the desert strands the tide will soon be washing over them because the wind is blowing high to keep on your route by night would be dangerous come to my house you may resume your journey tomorrow i have not lost my way i know where i am going to and i am in a hurry turn your oxen aside make room for me to pass was the brusque answer of the rider whose forehead was wet with perspiration from the hurry of his course by his accent he seemed to be from central gaul towards loire after having thus addressed joel he struck his large black horse with both heels in the flanks and tried to draw still nearer to the oxen that now completely barred his passage friend traveller did you not hear me rejoined joel i told you that this road led only to the seashore that night was on and that i offer you my house the stranger however beginning to wax angry replied i do not need your hospitality draw your oxen aside do you not see that the rocks leave me no passage either way hurry up i am in haste friend said joel you are a stranger i am of this country it is my duty to prevent you from going astray i shall do my duty by rithagar who made himself a blouse out of the beard of the kings he shaved cried the stranger now in a towering rage i have travelled a great deal since my beard began to grow have seen many countries many peoples and many strange customs but never yet have i come across two fools like these learning from the mouth of the stranger himself that he had seen many countries many peoples and many strange customs joel and his son both of whom were passionately fond of hearing stories concluded that many and charming must be the ones the stranger could tell and they felt all the more desirous of securing such a guest accordingly So far from turning the chariot aside, Joel advanced close to the rider, and said to him with the sweetest voice that he could master, his natural voice being rather rough, "'Friend, you shall go no further. I wish to be respectful to the gods, above all to Teutates, the god of travellers, and shall therefore keep you from going astray by making you spend a good night under a good roof, instead of allowing you to wander about the strand, where you would run the risk of being drowned in the rising tide take care replied the unknown rider carrying his hand to the axe that hung from his belt take care if you do not forthwith turn your oxen aside i shall make a sacrifice to the gods and shall join you to the offering the gods cannot choose but protect such a worshipper as yourself answered joel who smiling had passed a few words in a low voice to his son the gods will prevent you from spending the night on the strand you will see father and son precipitated themselves unexpectedly upon the traveller each took him by a leg and both being large and robust men raised him erect over his saddle giving at the same time a thump with their knees to the horse's belly the animal ran ahead and joel and gilhern respectfully lowered the rider on his feet to the ground now in a wild rage the traveller tried to resist but before he could draw his knife he was held fast by joel and gilhern one of whom produced a strong rope with which they firmly tied the stranger's feet and hands, all of which was done with great mildness and affability on the part of the story-greedy father and son, who, despite the furious wrestling of the stranger, deposited him on the chariot with increasing respect and politeness, seeing that they were increasingly struck by the virile dignity of his face. Gilhern then mounted the traveller's horse and followed the chariot that Joel led urging on the oxen with his goad they were in earnest haste to reach the shelter of their house the gale increased the roar of the waves was heard dashing upon the rocks along the coast streaks of lightning glistened through the darkening clouds all the signs portended a stormy night all these threatening signs notwithstanding the unknown rider seemed nowise thankful for the hospitality that joel and his son had pressed upon him extended on the bottom of the chariot he was pale with rage he ground his teeth and puffed at his mouth but keeping his anger to himself he said not a word joel it must be admitted passionately loved a story but he also passionately loved to talk he turned to the stranger my guest for such you are now i give thanks to to toetes the god of travelers for having sent me a guest you should know who I am, yes, I must tell you who I am, seeing you are to sit down at my hearth, and unaffected by the stranger's gesture of anger, which seemed to say he cared not to know who Joel was, the latter proceeded. My name is Joel. I am the son of Marek, who was the son of Kiro. Kiro was the son of Tyrus, Tyrus was the son of Gomer, Gomer was the son of Vor, vor was the son of Glennon, Glennon, son of Era, who was the son of Roderick. Chosen Bren of the Confederated Gallic Army, who, two hundred and seventy six years ago, levied tribute upon Rome in order to punish the Romans for their treachery. I have been chosen Bren of my tribe, which is the tribe of Karnak. From father to son, we have been peasants. We cultivate our fields as best we can, following the example left by Kal to our ancestors. We sow more wheat and barley than rye and oats the stranger continued nursing his rage rather than paying any attention to these details joel continued imperturbably thirty-two years ago i married margaret the daughter of dorlin i have from her three sons and a daughter the elder boy is there behind us leading your good black horse friend guest his name is gilhern he and several other relatives help me in the cultivation of our field i raise a good many black sheep that pasture on our meadows as well as half wild hogs as vicious as wolves and who never sleep under a roof we have some fine meadows in this valley of alray i also raise horses colts of my spirited stallion tom bras which means ardent my son amuses himself raising war and hunting dogs the hunting dogs are of the breed of a greyhound named Tintamar. the ones destined for war are the whelps of a large mastiff named Devertrud. trud means man-eater our horses and our dogs are so renowned that people come more than twenty leagues from here to buy them so you see my guest that you might have fallen into a worse house the stranger emitted a sigh of suppressed rage bit what he could of his long blond mustache and raised his eyes to heaven joel proceeded while pricking his oxen michael my second son is an armorer at Allray, four leagues from here he does not fashion war implements only but also plow coulters and long gallic scythes and axes that are highly prized because he draws his iron from the mountains of aries but there is more friend traveler michael does other things besides before establishing himself at alray he was at borges and worked with one of our parents who is a descendant of the first artisan who ever conceived the idea of alloying iron and copper with block tin a composition in which the artisans of borgias excel thus my son michael came away a worthy pupil of his master's oh if you only saw the things he turns out you would think the horses bits the chariot ornaments the superb casks of war that michael manufactures to be of silver he has just finished a cask, the point of which represents an elk's head with its horns. There is nothing more magnificent." "'Oh!' murmured the stranger between his teeth. "'How true is the saying! The sword of a Gaul kills but once! His tongue massacres you without end!' "'Friend guest, so far I can bestow no praise upon your tongue, which is as silent as a fish's. But I shall await your leisure when it will be your turn to tell me who you are whence you come where you're going to what you have seen in your travels what wonderful people you have met and the latest news from the sections of gaul that you have traversed while waiting for your narratives i shall finish informing you about myself and family at this threat the stranger contorted his members in an effort to snap his bonds he failed the rope was staunch and joel as well as his son made perfect knots i have not yet spoken to you of my third son Albanic, the sailor continued joel he traffics with the island of great brittany as well as all the ports of gaul and he goes as far as spain carrying gascony wines and salted provisions from aquitaine unfortunately he has been at sea a long time with his lovely wife moreau so you will not see them this evening at my house I told you that besides three sons I had a daughter. As to her, oh, as to her, see here, added Joel with an air that was at once boastful and tender, she is the pearl of the family. It is not I only who say so. My wife also, my sons, my whole tribe says the same thing. There is but one voice to sing the praises of Hena, the daughter of Joel, of Hena one of the virgins of the isle of sen what cried the stranger sitting up with a start the only motion allowed to him by his bonds that held his feet tied and his arms pinioned behind him what your daughter is one of the virgins of the isle of sen that seems to astonish and somewhat modify you friend guest your daughter the stranger proceeded as if unable to believe what he heard your daughter is she one of the nine druid priestesses of the isle of sen as true as that tomorrow it will be eighteen years since she was born we have been preparing to celebrate her birthday and you may attend the feast the guest seated at our hearth is of our family you will see my daughter she is the most beautiful the sweetest the wisest of her companions without thereby detracting from any of them very well then brusquely replied the unknown i shall pardon you the violence you committed upon me hospitable violence friend hospitable or not you prevented me by force from proceeding to the wharf of era where a boat awaited me until sunset to take me to the isle of sen at these words joel broke out laughing what are you laughing about asked the stranger if you were to tell me that a boat with the head of a dog The wings of a bird and the tail of a fish was waiting for you to take you to the Sun I would laugh as loud and for the same reason you are my guest I shall not insult you by telling you that you lie But I will tell you friend you are joking when you talk of a boat that is to take you to the Isle of sin no man excepting the very oldest druids have ever or ever will set foot on the Isle of sin and when you go there to see your daughter, I do not step on the isle. I stop at the little island of Kelor. there I wait for my daughter, and she goes there to meet me. Friend Joel said the traveller, you have so willed it that I be your guest. I am that, and as such, I ask a service of you. Take me to-morrow in your boat to the little island of Kelor. Do you know that the Ewags watch day and night?" I know it it was one of them who is to come for me this evening at the wharf of era to conduct me to taliesin the oldest of the druids who at this hour is at the isle of sen with his wife aurea that is true exclaimed joel much surprised the last time my daughter came home she said that taliesin was on the isle since the new year and that the wife of taliesin tendered her a mother's care you see you may believe me friend joel take me tomorrow to the island of kelor i shall see one of the iwas i consent i shall take you to the island of kelor and now you may loosen my bonds i swear by Jesus that i will not seek to elude your hospitality very well responded joel loosening the stranger's bonds i trust my guest's promise and while this conversation proceeded it had grown pitch dark but the darkness notwithstanding And the difficulties of the road the chariot conducted by the sure hand of Joel rolled up before his house His son Gilhern, who mounted on the stranger's horse had followed the van Took an ox horn that was opened at both ends and using it for a trumpet blew three times The signal was speedily answered by a great barking of dogs Here we are at home said Joel to the stranger be not alarmed at the barking of the dogs listen That loud voice that dominates all the others is Deborah Trud's, from whom descends the valiant breed of war-dogs that you will see tomorrow. My son Gilhern will take your horse to the stable. The animal will find a good shelter and plenty of provender." At the sound of Gilhern's trump, one of the family came out of the house holding a resin torch. Guided by the light, Joel led his oxen, and the chariot entered the yard. End of chapter 1